We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the vault. It is Tuesday, March 28th, and it is day two of the annual NFL League owners meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. But that's the last thing that's on our docket right now because we have more to react to, more to dive into ever since, obviously, Lamar Jackson formally announced that on March 2nd, he requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. It came out in a statement the morning of Monday, March 27th, as John Harbaugh, this has been well-documented at this point, as John Harbaugh was sitting down to meet with local reporters. It was a hardball move made by Lamar Jackson and his camp, and one that has really captivated the entire NFL world. So let's dive into it. Without further ado, I'm Bobby Trossett, as always. And uh, Sarah Ellison, as you probably gather by now, is in Japan for the next couple of weeks with her oldest son and her husband. They're having a great time on a pre-planned trip. And and as you knew, it might happen. As soon as she leaves, all hell breaks loose. So who do I turn to? The OG, my friend and former Ravens Super Bowl winning wide receiver, Kadri Ismael. And Q, you just knew it was going to happen, right? Sarah leaves, and here we go. Well, konnichiwa to Sarah over there on the other side of the world. And I tell you what, <laughs> well, I, to her credit, when the John Harbaugh uh, press conference started up, she was ready to go and she was firing away all the transcripts for the uh, people on Twitter to, to follow along. But uh, great job of her multitasking. But yeah, this is this is this is interesting to say the very least in the saga that is Lamar Jackson and, and the Ravens. You're right. Her tweets have been super consistent, yet it's 13 hours. That's the time difference. They're 13 hours ahead of us. So got to give it to your partner. You're always working and uh, it does not go unnoticed. So thanks for bringing that up, Q. But let, let's dive right into this, because if you haven't seen them already, I'll rip them off real quick. The three tweet thread by Lamar that was tweeted out on Monday morning read as the following. A letter to my fans. I want to first thank you all for all the love and support you consistently show towards me. All of you are amazing, and I appreciate you all so much. I want you all to know not to believe everything you read about me. Let me personally answer your questions in regards to my future plans. As of March 2nd, I requested a trade from the Ravens organization for which the Ravens have not been interested in meeting my value. Any and everyone that's met me or been around me knows that I love the game of football and my dream is to help a team win the Super Bowl. You all are great, but I had to make a business decision with 
that was best for my family and I, no matter how far I go or where my career takes me, I'll continue to be close to my fans of Baltimore Flock Nation and the entire state of Maryland. You'll see me again. And as Adam Schefter noted, and I said a second ago, this tweet came out almost at the exact same time as John Harbaugh was set to meet with reporters. Q, one, your instant and immediate reaction to Lamar's tweet and the timing of it, and two, how you thought John Harbaugh handled it. So, number one, when I saw the tweet, I, I, I it, it kind of made me scratch my head a little bit, like, huh, what, what's going on? What? Is he just, you know, about to announce his YouTube self-interview thing or something? And as I read it, my jaw just dropped. I was like, whoa, this is March 2nd. I've requested a trade. Like, what in the Hayden Hurst, Orlando Brown Jr., Marquise Brown is going on here? Like, wow, all these dudes be requesting trades in the offseason. And obviously, the Ravens have accommodated the three of them. But in this particular case, that's what initially just just jumped right out at me now the way john handled it it would have been interesting to see what would have been john during the season versus john in the offseason john offseason mode like it just seems like he don't give a beep about any of it like well hey you know uh, i mean it's all about football now i'm just you know preparing for the team oh man i'm excited oh we i love lamar lamar we love you that's how you know it it just seems like there's a lot of platitude and gratitude and and just i can't wait to get out there lamar's our guy and i just think he's he's put his he's he's put his head in the sand to say that you know what? This is not on my plate. I know it's on my plate when it's the the season, but since it ain't the season, you ain't going to go ahead and stress me out. I'm sitting back. I'm chilling. I'm watching this whole thing unfold. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one big question that I have about all this that uh, maybe you have it solved. I don't know. But why did he wait? Why did he and his camp wait? They made this request March 2nd, that was before the deadline window for the franchise tag designation, well before it, well before free agency. Why did they wait? I don't know. I, you know, it's, that's again, the part of the, the, the lack of predictability, the lack of traditional, uh, uh, train of thought, you know, Bobby, it's like there are ways in which we've been so accustomed that he is, you know, just bucking everything that would be a, a, a traditional sense. And okay. You, you just take your hat off to him and, and you just sit back and you just say, okay, like we can, we can analyze it, but I just don't think it, it really, at the end of the day, it even matters anymore. I think another question that, came to light as well through Jeff Zarebeck of The Athletic, and deservingly so, because this to me makes the most sense. And Sarah was was quick to jump on this. Uh, Jeff's latest piece is captioned, uh, Lamar Jackson requests trade from the Ravens. Who has the yeah. leverage and which teams could be a fit? Well, Sarah read the piece, again, probably in her sleep. Well, no, she's not sleeping. She probably read it in the wee hours. 
Tokyo local time and uh, quoted Jeff for saying this. It's worth asking if Lamar was hearing what he wanted to hear and generating the interest that he wanted. Why would he feel the need to go public with the trade demand? Like you said a minute ago, Marquise Brown and Hayden Hurst, they've gotten their trade requests granted by doing it privately. Today's move suggests things aren't exactly going in the right direction. And he or whoever is, is advising him felt the need to play hardball, close quote. That to me is the epicenter of all of this, Q. Ultimately, from everything we've seen, read, heard since free agency began, I should say since he became available to, to be negotiated with, it's been radio silent. This, to me, feels like it's the latest effort to try and drum up something. Honestly, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, I wonder, from a, a stalemate um, aspect of things, like, I got to push this, and, and you guys, maybe, maybe they felt they didn't have, they didn't feel he had any leverage, and therefore they were almost like throwing it in his face, like, man, take it or leave it. What's up? What, what are we doing here? And I honestly think that this here strategically releasing it when he did really went to show just what's going on. Like, now nah, I'm good. You know what? You guys think you have me, but you really don't. And that you really don't aspect of it all is him releasing saying, I want to get traded. Let's get to something that John Harbaugh mentioned specifically about the monetary side of things as to why there is this stalemate. And perhaps he even suggests there's, there's some wiggle room. So I'm going to play this clip and I want to get your, your reaction on the other side. With, uh, Lamar, and he's, he's saying that the team is not meeting his value. So this is not a team thing. This is not a Baltimore thing. It's just, he's underlining that this is monetary. So what room do you think that there is to get closer to what he feels like is his value so that this situation can be massaged by the time that you guys need to focus on football games. Right. Well, and to me, that's a very good question and a very good point because really at the end, that's the important thing. I mean, you got you got two sides that, that appreciate each other here, you know, and I think I, I think, you know, Lamar believes in us and we believe in Lamar and, and we know where we want to go forward. So it's a monetary thing that can be figured out, that can be worked out. That's just a matter of negotiating and I think we just continue down that road and eventually it'll get it'll it'll, it'll work out. There's always going to be creative ways to figure that stuff out. I don't know how creative they're feeling these days, Q, because at this point, somebody's going to have to take somebody's going to have to take their their feet uh, out of the currently dug in status that they're in. Right. I mean, something's going to have to give here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of what we've seen over the years that this isn't anything new when it comes to <laughs> he said he said um this is this is par for the course who's going to blink first is really what it comes down to and then ultimately if Lamar's here if Lamar gets his money and he feels you know that they have indeed respected him when it comes to that because ultimately yeah it is about uh, how do I know you love me? The way I know you love me is by taking a portion of the salary cap and giving me what you feel and I feel um, is my worth to you and this organization, whatever that organization is. So in this particular case, I think for Lamar, yeah, okay, somewhere, somewhere along the lines, you know, they up their uh, proposed dollars to Lamar. He, you know, 
either comes down or feels like, hey, that's right around the number of my comfort level. I'm going to go ahead and take it. Um, now it's just about the business of football, you know, and I think all is forgiven and all, you know, goes well. But to get to that point, you know, now is where, yeah, there could be some mudslinging. And so you as a uh, organization, you have to be careful with the mudslinging because you don't have necessarily an agent on the other side to buffer it when it comes to talking face to face. But then at the same time, this is an organization. I don't know. Maybe they, they stick to their plan of, of just um, publicly loving up on Lamar and, and it'd be all Lamar all the time, but privately they continue to what I guess he feels since he's asking for a trade privately, you know, they keep shoving it in his face that, yeah, you know, the value of what you think you are is, is not really where we think you are. Stephen Holder, NFL reporter, tweeted something out on Monday that I felt was uh, compelling enough to share. Reads, uh, regardless of what the Colts or anyone else might love about Lamar Jackson, the very clear stance from people here at the owners' meetings I've talked to is whatever contract demands he is currently making are absolutely a non-starter do with this information, whatever you wish. This to me, Q matches right up exactly with apparently how we got here today. And the fact, and that's the fact that Lamar and his camp haven't seen or heard or felt enough interest and they had to do something about it. So again, <clears throat> we can say collusion. We can say, uh, a subtlety of collusion or overt collusion. But when it comes to D Haslam and the decision they made as an organization to give Deshaun Watson the money that they gave him, I know that whether it be Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, um, Obviously, Tua is signed to his fifth year uh, tender, but these up and coming quarterbacks, I know their agents are drooling and praying that the there is this organization, the Ravens, or some other organization that's going to cave to Lamar. So then they can be like, yep, here we are guaranteed let's go that's how this thing works and for whatever the reason like this ain't no in my mind when people say outlier i'm like yeah y'all keep saying that but i don't think so you know i just see kirk cousins started it and obviously Deshaun watson is second to do it and you you're gonna have to you're going to have to pony up is the bottom line. I, I am curious as to uh, the Trevor Lawrence's of the world. Um, I'm curious as to what will happen um, if, you know, Patrick Mahomes wants to stir up the pot or if um, uh, Josh Allen over in Buffalo wants to kind of kick the tires on things as well. I'm curious about all that when it comes to this this upper tier quarterback conversation that we're having. 
we got to throw Jalen Hurts in that first tier too that you mentioned. Ooh, with the, excuse me, absolutely, absolutely, yes, bro, bro, come on, because Philly was like, yeah, we got to do something. <laughs> okay, what are you gonna do? Let let's 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 be real. What are you gonna do? Because I played in the big dance and I played extremely well. Um, so you know, you you know what your team was like without me, and you know what happened with me. Um, yeah. So I, again, this is I, I I don't see this as like a just a Lamar Jackson thing. Oh, those boys are waiting patiently and their representatives are waiting patiently to your point, the Burroughs, the Herberts, the Hertz, and everybody else that's in line after those guys. More on the Colts though, Zach Kiefer, Indianapolis beat reporter, uh, tweeted out some quotes from Chris Ballard, Colts general manager. Uh, anytime a special player is available, which he is, you got to do the work. I'm not going to get into deep discussions on where it's at, what we're doing or what we might do, but he's a really special player. You never know how any of this will work out, close quote. Kiefer then quote tweets himself and writes, this was part of a long chat with Ballard. The Colts aren't ruling anything out. Plus, Lamar is absolutely worth the conversation. Drafting a QB is obviously in play as well. Indy sits at the number four slot right now in the 2023 draft. And then he quotes one more thing here. We feel good at four. I'm not saying we won't move up. Not saying we won't move back. What I'm saying is we're still doing our work, close quote. Q, how do you read into that other than just the fact that I sense some gamemanship here as April approaches? Oh, absolutely. I'm telling you, this whole thing is is it's really cool. Uh from from the sit back, you know, watch this soap opera play out. You know, the young and the restless, you know, all my children sitting there looking at it and feeling like as long as no one gets hurt going to general hospital. I mean, I feel like these are the days of our lives. And I think for Chris Ballard, you know, he has one life to live. And in his mind, he has to do what he has to do for the Colts as an organization. And I could tell you right now, they are contingency planning that sucker up as well as <laughs> The the way in which John Harbaugh saying their contingency, okay, well, y'all got y'all contingency. Well, this ain't this ain't that. I'm trying to do a contingency, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do, in fact, make a strong play for for Lamar Jackson. Well, right now, what they got Gardner Minshew as their bridge quarterback, if you will. You have uh, the number four overall pick, so you're going to have your take at what. Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, assuming that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young will be off the board by then. I think what what so many of us sometimes can maybe within the fan base when they say, hey, like if we were to go get one of those picks, if we weren't to match an offer sheet that comes in or whatever, and all of a sudden you're picking top five, who are you going with? You know, and, and I think to myself, like, we can't sit here and assume that any of these rookies will be plug and play for what Lamar has provided. Yes, he has come up short in the postseason. Yet, yes, he has been unavailable back-to-back -back seasons down the stretch. But he's won a crap ton of regular season games. He has captivated this town, and he has become one of the most electric players, if not the most electric player in the entire league over the last five seasons. So to sit here and assume, and I'm not saying people do it directly, maybe it's indirectly, that one of these first-round selections, nothing against these guys, will come in as a plug-and-play, to me, is a little naive. 
Oh, it's very naive. Uh, <clears throat> this is the reason why Lamar Jackson is a franchise quarterback. Uh, none of those guys um, have an MVP, unanimous MVP uh, to their resume. And Lamar has far and away proven he's a winner. I mean, you don't win 46 games just by going out there and, and thinking – you know, I'm just going to show up. You, you, this is the NFL. You know how tight and tough it is. Um, yes, we do talk about playoffs, and that's kind of like the 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 standard bearer of of upper tier quarterbacks. You know, Joe Burrow's regular season wasn't all that, but boy, he sure has shown what he can do in the the postseason and in a play or two away from winning it all. Um, the reason why I, I, I bring up Joe is because of the fact that you have talent around him at the running back spot, obviously at the tight end spot, and big time at the receiver spot. Um, you don't have the level of – in other words, put Lamar Jackson in his uh, space with that talent, put Lamar in, in – um, uh, Justin Herbert's space with that talent, put him in Kansas City with that talent, put any of those other dudes in this space with with the talent that Lamar has had. Um, I, I would clearly say that Lamar, his 46 wins will go up against anybody, and I promise you, all of them, and I even put Patrick Mahomes in this conversation, they would all fall short of that 46-win mark. I don't even think any of them get the 40 wins with the talent that Lamar had compared to all the other guys have around them. And I promise you, Lamar would absolutely be uh, winning at those spots and winning championships the likes that we've seen from a Patrick Mahomes and also putting his team in position to win playoff games and win the likes of a Joe Burrow. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think that's such a great point, too. And somebody would maybe counter and say, like, Q, he's had he's had a top 10 defense for the majority of his time in, in the league. And I would say to myself, well, wait a second, guys. Go back and go back and look. It wasn't all that long ago that this was the most injured team, specifically on the defense, in the entire league, you could argue. So he he has had to literally, quite literally, put the city on his back. And he stood up. He stood up tall. Let's get – I know you're on the clock here, so we only got a few more minutes. Do not 
uh, allow me to forget mentioning how Meek Mill somehow got onto the bingo ah. card for the 2023 ah. Ravens offseason. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. First, this is fresh information from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Well, first of all, John Harbaugh hit it right on the head. This is about money. It is about business. It's not about a soured relationship between a player and a team. It's just about finding his right value. And the reason I know that, the reason I believe that, sources have told me over the course of the last week, while the trade request was already in and has been in for several weeks from Lamar Jackson to the Baltimore Ravens, those two sides have been negotiating a potential deal. Obviously, they are not anywhere yet but the fact that Lamar Jackson has been engaged with the team does show you it appears that this is more about money than it is about feelings but obviously uh, they are not there yet and Lamar Jackson has the ability to talk to teams has the ability to negotiate a deal has the ability to get an offer sheet from someone and uh, general manager Chris Ballard from the Colts has said they are among the teams that at least investigated it and looked into it no offer yet no deal yet so until that happens the options for Lamar Jackson seem pretty clear. It is don't sign, stay away and let it play out or sign and show up until there is an answer. Then we're going to be faced with more situations like John Harbaugh had earlier today where he sits down at the table. The trade request gets public and he is faced with endless questions once again about Lamar Jackson. So a bunch of takeaways there, Q. Obviously, one thing we haven't discussed yet is that quite literally as recently as last week, the two sides have been negotiating. So clearly Ian is on to something here with his reporting and his sources. And that is the fact that it's not a relationship strain. It's just one big massive. Well, we don't know if mass is the right word, but there is a significant, how about that disagreement when it comes to monetary value? Yeah. And again, as we've said before, show me, you love me. Uh, don't just say it, show it. And showing it is the bag. It's the Brinks trucks, plural, backing up to my my door. Um, Steve Bashotti gets a chance to speak at the owners meeting. I thought he, I, well, I definitely know he did last year, saying what he said as far as, you know, the, the shot across the bow with, you know, uh, not wanting to do the guaranteed monies uh, on his watch. And so the reason why I say that is because Technically, this is not an Eric DaCosta typical um, negotiation. This this is this is signing off on it from Steve Bashadi. Period. End of discussion. He's the one that's really like Eric is is just his mouthpiece. Um, but this is truly, you know, what I'm going to either do this or I'm not. Um, that's the bottom line. That's what the Haslam's did with Sean Watson. They signed off on it, off they went. And that's the thing that even gets you is because, you know, from a, a uh, aspect of a Lamar thing, you, you, you have nothing negative on your resume um, compared to what Deshaun did. And so, you know, they still did it. But the point I'm making is, is that you got to sign off on it. And the only way you sign it off on it, it is clearly – um, all about Steve Bashotti and him being the final say. Okay, then before we jump to your point, last year is the last time that we've heard publicly from Steve, right? In that reporter scrum, he made his comments very clear about how he felt about the deal that Cleveland gave to Deshaun. Have not heard from him since. One, do you think we hear from him this year? And being that Lamar punched, he threw a punch, right? He threw a punch on Monday morning. 
How do the Ravens punch back, if at all? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's funny. It's one of those things where <laughs> because it, it it took John off uh, by surprise, and yeah, John says he you know texts back and forth with Lamar. You know that's how he communicates uh, now in the whole nine yards. Okay, cool. I wonder if John will text him or if he's going to, you know, cause he did say it's a delicate situation, which it is as far as, you know, the negotiations, but I'd be curious to see how, if he, in fact he does um, reach out to him or he just kind of lets it breathe. Um, and then obviously, you know, from Eric's standpoint, I mean, the thing is, you know, Eric don't really care about, um, you know, tweeting out anything either he, you know neither one of them they, they're just like yeah whatever but um at some point in time i mean this is the bottom line at some point in time uh <laughs> money talks the bs walks and and somebody is going to have to steve shoddy pull the trigger and say this is what's what and and, and this is what we're going to do we're going to give him leverage or we're not going to give him leverage you got a busy day, Q. So let's finish up with this. Again, did not have Ken Francis on my 2023 Ravens offseason bingo card. And I can assure you that I didn't have rapper Meek Mill on it either. Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated tweeted out the following on Monday afternoon. Patriots owner Robert Kraft said that Meek Mill texted him three or four days ago saying that Lamar Jackson wanted to come to New England. Kraft responded, that would be Bill Belichick's decision. Q, three main takeaways here. One, Robert Kraft and Meek Mill are texting buddies. Two, Meek Mill apparently is working the phones on behalf of Lamar. And three, Kraft doesn't rule out adding Lamar. How do you think that makes Mac Jones feel somewhere in the world right now? Hey, man, like I'm telling you, these owners, they are cracking me up with trying to stay relevant within the uh, – the, the young culture um, that is hip-hop. And <laughs> I wonder what does that do to the status of uh, Meek Mill's cred in, in, in Philly, but that's a, another separate conversation. I think more than uh, we, we recognize, you know, there are conversations that are going to be had in a non-traditional fashion just simply because of, you know, the fact that Lamar doesn't have the traditional agent. And, yeah, the Meek Mills of the world are going to go ahead and throw their two cents into it. All right, my man, you got a busy day ahead of you. So, as always, we appreciate your insights. We appreciate uh, how candid this conversation was. And, and again, uh, as soon as Sarah gets back into the States, we'll have to run it back like – uh, the trio that we that we've done a couple times throughout the the course of the last uh, year or so. So, hey, Q, anything you want to plug, please go ahead and do so. And then, uh, if not, I'm gonna bounce and uh, continue to go throughout this episode. Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on as always. And at the same time, anyone looking for next level training, unlike the F minus training that was given to professional athletes in the Ravens organization, then you can just go to missile training.com. Check me out. Have any questions, email me. Love to answer any of those questions. Otherwise, Bobby, appreciate you, bro. And, uh, 
yeah, we'll have to get out on the links before Sarah gets back. But definitely when she gets back, all three of us will have to chop it up. All I'm saying is that because you and I were both out on the links on Sunday, I mean, God bless Lamar for waiting until Monday at the very least to do this, right? Because it was glorious out there on Sunday. So I will definitely take you up on that cue and um, we'll, we'll talk soon, man. Thanks again. Appreciate you, brother. Kadri Ismael making his way out, former Ravens Super Bowl winning wide receiver. Always appreciate his time. And um, there's a few more things that I wanted to get to before I close out this episode. First and foremost, this is obviously in place of this morning's vault. So, um, you know, just to be just to be clear on that. And also wanted to let you know that we are running a special uh, Sarah and I are running a special ahead of a small business month, which is later on this spring in May. And uh, this is designed for the local folks in mind, whether you're in Baltimore or not, if you're local, it's designed with you in mind. And, and that's a way to support the channel. That's for a way for us to support you. And now literally right now, a special offer we're, we're doing it through patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. You can now sponsor an entire episode of the vault on a monthly basis for just $49.99. So um, we we see it as a great opportunity. We also see it as a way of, of showing our appreciation to the small business community. And we hope that you'll give it a shot. So again, you can, you can go find it at, um, let me go grab the, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can find it at patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. It'll also be in the description. The website link will be of this episode. So let's keep working though through here. There's obviously a lot to discuss. I mean, I just mentioned the Meek Mill storyline. Who knows if the Patriots are actually a legitimate player in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes? I'd have to think probably not. But again, there's just so much fun being had right now in the midst of this Lamar Jackson story that literally has quite literally captivated the entire football world on a number of levels. It's just, it's just fascinating. I mentioned that tweet from Steven Holder, which matches up with, again, the lack of interest that has been out there um, for Lamar Jackson since he became available. It's also been some reaction from Ravens, both past and present Tony Jefferson weighing in thinking that, it's time for these two to go their separate ways. Patrick Queen voicing his support of Lamar and also Pat Ricard doing the same thing while acknowledging that this is indeed a business. And again, taping this, when you tape and the, just how fluid of a situation this is, you kind of have to refresh Twitter just to ensure that, uh, that you're not missing anything specifically. So right now it looks like we're good. We're up to date, but I did want to share another report uh, put forth by Ian Rappaport. And this was on Monday afternoon. No, it did not sound like Harbaugh knew. Now, of course he known he has known the trade request. The organization has known the trade request for uh, a little under a month now, but I assume it was Lamar Jackson hitting send on his own tweets. I mean, there's no reason to believe that it wasn't. And if that is the case, it was probably the most calculated savvy move that he has made through this entire saga. And of all the things we learned today, Mike, the trade request was one. Uh, you know, there had been some some rumors, some murmurs of a possible trade request. 
request, I would say, over the last couple of weeks. And, and my understanding of the way it was was Lamar saying, if you don't want to pay me, then trade me. So it was more of a trade suggestion than a trade demand, I would say. But, but learning that Lamar Jackson can be calculated and basically enter the fray in a way he has not previously was to me as significant as anything suggestion versus demand that's an important um point of clarification there between the two for sure a couple other notes as well with some teams that have been rumored to be a potential lamar jackson suitor uh, jp finlay reporter down in washington for the commanders tweeted out that uh their general manager, Martin Mayhew, says that Washington is moving forward with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett at the quarterback position and that while Lamar Jackson is very talented, the commanders won't pursue him. The Jets also saying something similar in the sense that, which is actually a little bit different, but it's similar in the sense that they're hanging tight right now and basically saying that they're negotiating in good faith with the Packers right now because they are hell-bent on finding fair compensation for Aaron Rodgers. So there's two teams right there, much like a, a couple of weeks ago when Lamar Jackson became available, right? Teams started uh, communicating via their beat reporters that they weren't interested in Lamar. Well, some of that has repeated itself in the last 24 hours or so since Lamar tweeted out that, again, as of March 2nd, he requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. If you ask me what my biggest takeaway from, again, the last 24 hours is, it's this, and I'll finish here. I don't sense, based on the reports that we've heard, what we've read, what we gather, that there is a relationship strain between Lamar and the Ravens. I feel as if things have gotten to a point where there aren't options out there on the table. And if there are options, they're not concrete options which put Lamar and his camp in a position where they had to act and they had to do something that would drum up interest to try and get something, get something going because clearly they've been stuck in a holding pattern for months, if not years. And so my biggest takeaway is essentially that this is still about business, right? Was the big headline the fact that he requested a trade? Yes. Is that the biggest takeaway from the day, though? I don't think so. I, I don't know if I was surprised at the request. I was surprised by the timing. I understand where the request comes from. The timing is peculiar, as I've mentioned. But to me, ultimately, this is about business. This is about um, trying to gain leverage and ultimately try to jumpstart something that hasn't even really come close to being started in the first place. And that's the art of um, interested teams doing due diligence for Lamar Jackson and ultimately presenting the Ravens or presenting Lamar with an offer sheet. We have not gotten that far yet. And it certainly seems as if this thing is going to continue to get drawn out. The question becomes, if it does indeed get drawn out, will Lamar stay away from the team? If so, for how long? A lot of those questions, as we've discussed, were in play a year ago without a long-term extension on the fifth-year option, and he showed up to everything aside from the OTAs, the organized team activities. So that is something to keep in mind 
as always, we appreciate you for your support and your interest in the vault, whether it be in the audio only space or on YouTube as well. If you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing. It is free and it allows us to continue bringing you daily Ravens coverage year round. Go check out my recent conversation one-on-one with Pat Ricard. It was before all of this went down, but I thought it was super insightful. And I thought he shed some light into basically Lamar Jackson's last year or so, specifically his contract year last year and what it was like being a teammate of his. I thought he was fair. I thought he was respectful. I thought he was professional. And uh, again, I just, I found it to be pretty an enlightening conversation to say the very least. So As always, for my partner and co-host, Sarah Ellison, I am Bobby Trossett, signing off from what's been one heck of a start to the week. We will keep you covered throughout the week as the league owners meetings wrap up in Phoenix. And of course, April 1st is right around the corner, which means at some point we got to pivot to draft coverage. I don't know when that's going to happen, but we'll try and get there soon. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.